It's time for JT the Brick. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs. Rolling into the Super Bowl, and it's an actual nightmare. They're practicing in our building, our headquarters, and they're playing in our stadium. We knew it was going to be an issue, and it's an issue. Believe it, baby. We're going to Las Vegas, Nevada, to go get us another one. I really can't believe this is happening. JT the Brick. So as I look at this matchup, I hate it. I hate it. But I got to do my job and I got to do my show. Am I furious about it? Hell yeah, I'm furious about it. But if I had my choice, I'd rather do it at Arrowhead. They're practicing in our building, our headquarters, and they're playing in our stadium. I really can't believe this is happening. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. It's an actual nightmare. And now, live from Radio Row, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT, as we open up the show and we're ready to roll. And we're here on a brilliant, fantastic Thursday. Good to have everyone here. Our friend Warren Sapp is sitting down now with Q Myers here at our table. You'll hear that interview coming up. And we got a big show. Joe Montana will join us. Stephen A. Smith scheduled to join us. Fred Belitnikoff will join us here live later in the second hour of the show. Romocop, Bill Romanowski who's joined me every Radio Row since he retired, is going to join us coming up here, along with some interesting other guests. Darius Slayton had a big year with the New York Giants, and Spencer, Spencer Rattler, who's a quarterback, young quarterback at South Carolina, played at Oklahoma. So we're going to talk to him here in a little bit, too. So we're buried. And tomorrow I got my big remote here Friday at Cafe Americano. We're going to be live at Caesars Palace tomorrow from noon to 2. Noon to 2, we're going to be live there. we got a big show lined up. Cafe Americano, that will be a big show, so come on out for that. And get into the show if you can today. 702-365-9200 is our number. We want to thank Grimaldi's, the best pizza I've ever had. I had Grimaldi's last night, late. I went to Shannon Sharp's party last night. My wife and I came home, and we had leftover Grimaldi's, which tasted as good as when we got it. Best pizza I ever had, and Grimaldi's is our proud partner live from Radio Row here. Step on out to all their locations here in the Valley, and to everyone at Grimaldi's who's been with me since I've come here to the Valley, thank you very much for being our lead sponsor as we open up the show here at Radio Row. We could not do it without you. Grimaldi's, get the Brooklyn Bridge pie. So a couple things. I've talked to literally, I feel like, everyone the lineup that we've had here this week has been incredible from Marcus Allen, Chris Myers, Rod Woodson, Albert Breer, Vic Tafer, Sam Munson, Ian Rappaport, uh, Moose Johnson, Howie Long, Tim Brown, Antonio Pierce, Warren Moon, and then today we step up with Joe Montana. Oh, Anthony Munoz also who joined us yesterday. Everybody thinks this is going to be a classic game. It's split right down the middle for me. There are people who are thinking it's going to be Kansas City. Others think it's going to be the Niners. A couple things I will tell you. Uh, a lot of people think that Purdy is in over his head. Talk to people on Raiders TV about it. They like him. But this is a different stage than he's ever been on. I want to lead with this because initially I wasn't on with Purdy. I, I wasn't on the bandwagon with him until he had multiple great games. And I had to just say, look, the kid's able to do it. The guy's doing it. Now we got to get behind him and say it. It will be the last one at the station when the train comes by. I still believe Brock Purdy is a good player, but this stage is just, I think, a little too big. That's why I'm picking Christian McCaffrey to be the MVP of the game. So uh, I originally said I like the over in this game at 47.5. I still like the over for a number of reasons, but I like McCaffrey 
draining the clock late in this game. I could see a game that's 24, 23, six minutes to go. The Niners have a lead, and they're able to grind the ball with McCaffrey, get in field goal range, get a field goal, and put the game away that way and cover the spread. If they leave time for Patrick Mahomes, we've seen that movie before, and Mahomes will be able to go the length of the field and do something spectacular, as he always does. The whole fight about Kansas City being in our building, Kansas City's in our stadium, Kansas City's in our locker room, I'm done with that. It is what it is. If the Raiders want to protect their locker room, they got to go to the Super Bowl. they got to play in their own building. They weren't able to do that. But for Kansas City, I'm hoping they lose, and I think there are a few ways they can lose. Number one, my big topic all week long has been guarding Kelsey with a double team and a bracket. I believe the 49ers will do that. I think their linebackers are good enough to jump in and put their hands on Kelsey at the line of scrimmage and slow him down. In the last game he played, Travis Kelsey had 11 targets and 11 receptions. I think that was one of the greatest games ever played by a tight end in a championship game, and there's been many, many, many great players over the year to play that position. So Kelsey on the double team. If they don't double team them, they're going to lose the game. I'm sick of this topic. you got to double team the guy or the game's over. Sports Illustrated has a depiction on their last cover, their most recent cover, of Taylor Swift and Kelsey getting married at the Little Chapel here in Vegas. Sports Illustrated. I'm not talking about CBS. I'm not talking about a 14-year-old girl who's a Swifty. Everybody's on board with this so-called conspiracy theory about CBS, Kelsey, Taylor Swift, and all of that. The only way you're going to bring that to an end, everybody, is guarding Kelsey. If Kelsey comes out and has another 10 reception game, the Niners have no chance to win this game. The experience of Kelsey and Mahomes is the only thing that Kansas City has that could give them an advantage in this game. Everything else, to me, I lead to believe that the advantage is definitely going to go to the San Francisco 49ers. I think that Nick Bosa is going to have a really big game. I think he's going to show up. Uh, the rest of this team was screamed at by Kyle Shanahan for not hustling not playing hard, and not playing at a high level, pursuing in their last game against Detroit. How could that happen? I talked to Jeffrey Chidea today on the Raiders uh, television network on YouTube, and he said that to me. He goes, can you believe this? We're, We're talking about the Niners in a huge game, not pursuing the football. That will change in this game, and I think they're going to play at a high level. Last thing I want to fit in our monologue here as we open it up, is I truly believe Andy Reid has a coaching advantage, but he doesn't have an ultimate coaching advantage as he opens it up because Kyle Shanahan's a really good coach. As I look at the line, still the only book that I'm looking at here that has two and a half is the Superbook at the Westgate. Line has not moved all week long. Circa has the Niners minus two, the Superbook at the Westgate minus two and a half, South Point minus two, DraftKings minus two. Why aren't, why aren't these other books jumping up to two and a half to three? Because I think there's sharp money on San Francisco the whole time. And Kansas City's a pretty popular team, and they haven't been able to move that line to under two. The sharp people who know football, the gamblers, think the 49ers are the better team here. If you want to bet the money line as we open up this show, uh, the money line's really interesting to me because this is where the game gets interesting. It's Kansas City plus 115 at the Superbook. Bobby, I think we get to Joe Montana as we open up the show here. Joe has been on with me since the day I, days I've come to Radio Row. I hooked up before the show, right before the show, with my favorite quarterback of all time and my favorite 
Radio Road guest, my conversation with Joe Cole, Joe Montana. We're back at the media center, my longtime friend, the great Joe Montana. Joe, good to see you. Great seeing you again. I got to start off with Brock Purdy. How has your friendship and relationship evolved with him since you first met him? You know what? I, I stay away from down there. Yeah, I, I've only run into him a couple times, and he doesn't need someone like me. <laughs> He's probably got so many people telling him what to do and how to do it that it's kind of amazing that the way people think of him, I mean, the guy has done nothing but perform. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was a little section in there in the middle where they struggled, but I, I don't, I know, I think he had a concussion. I don't, just don't think he was 100%. Just my own personal yeah. feeling. I don't know if that's true or not. But ever since, after a couple of games after that, he just jumped right back into it and been the same since. So. Joe, his legs in the last game were amazing. Down 24 to 7, he had a couple of clutch runs in yeah. the fourth quarter that put yeah. that game away. Yeah, you know, when you got those kind of people on the outside and people are running after them, there's always a, sometimes a lot of room for the quarterback to run, especially when they don't believe, like, like he's not really known for running, right? I wasn't known for running, but all of a sudden you get lots of these man-to-man -man defenses and combinations, and you step up in that pocket, and there's a, it just it's right there in front of you. And he knows when to run, and the other thing I like about him the most, he's, he has some slipperiness to him and escaping. And, but he's always looking downfield. You know, he's looking to get – he knows those guys with the ball are much better than he is running. So yes. he knows what his job is, and, and that's to get it to those guys. So I love what he's doing, and um, I'm happy that, that he's here. I see you down there on the field before the game a lot with your wife and family. When you see Kyle Shanahan call a game, what's so great about him and how he makes adjustments on the fly? Well, I think that's that, – that's a mark of, of a great coach and being able to, I mean, look, look what they did both offensively and defensively to come back from there. I mean, that, everybody was counting them out. You know, everybody was, I mean, I see people leaving already yeah. after halftime and I'm <laughs> going, know. oh my God. I, and I actually was down in Mr. York's box and we were, we were just talking. I said, well, hey, everybody's down. He goes, well, we're not playing that well. I go, okay, they, they scored 24 points right in the first half. Yeah. Why can't you? Why can't we? Why can't we do it? And he, and after the game, he said, well, you called it. I go, no, I didn't call it. It's just it, momentum is a crazy thing. When You've it switches. You've had great comebacks in your life more than 24 to 7. When that happens and you can galvanize the locker room and come back, makes those moments magical. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, there was nobody happier in that locker room than Kyle, yeah. right? And, and the adjustments that they made both offensively and defensively. And they just, you, you got to settle in. Sometimes it's, what Bill used to do is we, we never went, if we get that far behind, we're not trying, we need to score now. Right. We go backwards. We go back to the simplicity of our offense, the things we put in day one, and work your way back up. And your, the same defensively. Your respect level for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid getting back uh -huh. here again. Talk about that. He, he's way too much fun to watch, isn't, isn't he? he? <laughs> you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, I think it's great uh, that they're back here. Um, and it's going to be a great matchup, I think. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, both defensive are playing, yeah. playing well. But, you know, you can never count him out. Um, and, you know, I, they've won a couple here and there already. Yeah. You know, a few years ago. I like to see the 49ers get back. Yeah. I, yeah, I, it's been like somebody just was told me earlier today, it was like it's been 30 years almost. 
which so is crazy. It's a great segue for us because we've got a little Raider vibe going on here. You knew Mr. Davis well, you know Mark well, and now in our building we have Kansas City training there and yep. trying to win a Super Bowl in our building. So I can't get behind Kansas City. I've known you a lot longer <laughs> than Patrick Mahomes. But as you said, it should be a classic game. It's a fast track at Allegiant Stadium. I think yeah. this game is going to be electric. I know. I can't wait for it to start. I wanted to go. Let's go today or tomorrow. Let's yeah. go. As we wrap this up, Joe, I wanted to ask you about uh, Mr. Davis and Bill Walsh. They had an unbelievable relationship. Can you give us a story about Al Davis, Al Davis in your life and how you got to know him? Well, it started... Um, I can't remember where I, I were doing something um, in the stadium um, in, in Oakland. Oakland. Yeah, uh, it was a commercial or something, and he came down. Was it? It's, was it? L, it might have been in L.A. when they were in L.A. Yeah, probably L.A. Yeah, okay. I, but anyway, I was, was on the field, and he came down from his office and just talked about. He goes, "Ah, oh, yeah, I wanted to draft you, and um, just." glad you made it over there you're with a good person with bill and talked a little bit about bill and you know he he and bill i think had in their mind were the same right they couldn't they couldn't perform at that level but they they thought so they had so they much respect to, for each other yeah. and and they really became so engrossed in the team like mr d mr d was the same way yeah in in the, the way that he was he was as mad as we were when we won a game <laughs> and not as, right. as, you know, that we should have. We pulled out by a, a field goal or whatever it might be when we should have run away with it. And we didn't play well, and he wasn't happy about how we play, and we got it from him and Bill. So, but it was fun. He's great honor, still great friends with me today. And, yes. Um, but Al was, Al was one of those special Excellent. guys. As we wrap this up, I see you in Vegas a lot, and you come here for signings, and you're really comfortable coming in and out to Vegas. If I would have told you when I met you 20-plus years ago there'd be a Super Bowl in Las Vegas, what do you just think of the whole big picture? What's going on in Vegas, Joe? I would, I would have said you're crazy. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I still think there was a connection between the NFL and Vegas from way beyond. I, I always say, okay, so why, why is there an injury report? Right? <laughs> right? Who wants to do that? Yeah. I mean, who wants to tell the other team? So there was some kind of connection, I yeah. think, a long, long time ago. I, just, just my opinion. But, and finally, it's just come to fruition, and, and it's playing out. Tell me what you're doing for Pfizer. Uh, we're talking about um, this lung disease called pneumococcal pneumonia and how vaccination can help and who's at risk. Um, we're at, um, if you look at... Uh, for me, I, I kind of fit the profile of 65 and older. You become at a higher risk. And even younger, if you have uh, diabetes or asthma and, and other underlying conditions, it, you can also be at a higher risk. But vaccination can help with that. And we're just telling, trying to get, have people be aware of it. It doesn't matter what season it is. It can happen anytime. You can go to knownemonia.com, and that's K-N-O-W, pneumonia.com. And there's a lot of great information there. Joe, I appreciate your friendship. Thanks for doing my, it. Great to see my, my pleasure. Friend. Great you seeing you. Wow, that's pretty cool. So that's uh, Joe Montana from about an hour ago, also up on the Raiders YouTube. It's it just it breathtaking to see him and to watch him work, work this room here. And he only did a few interviews, and he always comes on with me, and it's just always a pleasure to see him. And for Joe Montana, I, the first question, I thought I prepped pretty good about Brock Purdy, and he's like, yeah, I don't go down there much. I don't talk to him much, Joe Montana. Uh, Joe Montana does not get involved with football. 
he does not get involved with being in the building, being on the sideline, talking to the coach. And I found out that way. And he looked at me when the interview ended. Uh, he goes, did I do well? I go, Joe, you're fantastic. But he, he's not a deep dive football guy anymore. He's more about life. He's more about Vegas, more about his business, more about his kids. I asked him how his sons were doing. He said, one son's in Argentina and coming back here for the Super Bowl. He's working in Argentina. So uh, nice job by Joe Montana. Really appreciate him coming by here. He was the buzz today on Radio Row, and I'm happy to say we got him here on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio as we get going. Again, join me for a live broadcast uh, this Friday, tomorrow, February 9th, from noon to 2 at Cafe Americano at Caesars. We'll get you ready for the big game with drink specials from Modelo. Make your plans now to watch the big game at Cafe Americano. Big screen TVs, raffles with prizes, jersey giveaways, and much more. Locals park free for the first three hours, which is important. The opportunity to park for free and get in and out. And you could do that there. So please, tomorrow, if you get a chance, uh, send a, spend a few minutes with me, and we'll have a good time out there. A lot of my friends are coming into town. Last night, we had Shannon Sharp's party which was a lot of fun, a big-time party, a lot of fun with Shannon and the crew overall. Darius, yes, sir, let's get you right in here. Thrilled for this one coming up here. Big-time player. That headset will fit you perfectly when you're ready to go. What a year he had this year. Darius Slayton, kind enough to join us, the wide receiver from the New York Giants. You put that mic right up there. How are you? Okay, we got to turn this up for you. This radio, there you go. Let's try this right now. How about now? Got it. Yeah, I got yeah. you perfect. Thank you. Good year this year. Yeah. Thank How'd you. you feel? I mean, what's going on here with the hand? Oh, uh, uh, I had surgery on my thumb. Okay. A couple weeks so did ago. Max Crosby. We yeah. just talked to him. Uh, tell me about the rhythm you got into this year and some of the bigger games you had, especially, you know, large catch volume games where they were going back and forth to you. Yeah. Um, kind of was an up and down year, mm-hmm. you know, especially because we had three quarterbacks yeah. that played. So that was a. Uh, it's always interesting navigating that as a receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, there's different differences in that. But um, I just did my best to go out there and be consistent and try to get on the same page with whoever was playing. It's tough when you have a couple of different quarterbacks. How do you prep with that after practice, kind of in the film room? That's tough for a receiver when you have to get in a rhythm with a new quarterback a couple yeah. of times. Uh, you have to communicate. You, know, yeah. you have to talk to them. Figure, you know, because every quarterback's a little different, sees the game a little different. Um, Obviously, in our case, we have, you know, DJ, who's five years in the league. we got Tyrod, who's 13, and then yeah. we had DeVito, who's a rookie. That's wide gaps of experiences and all types of that thing. So, um, you know, for me, I just did my best to try to get on the same page and communicate with them. Darius Slayton joins us from the Giants. I really like Daniel Jones, and my dad's mm-hmm. a huge Giant fan back in New York. I love his legs and how he can run. Yeah. And the injury was costly. Just got the contract. The talk of Saquon versus him getting the money. I, I, I think he's a really good quarterback when he can stay healthy. Yeah. What needs to happen with you and him in the offseason to hit the ground running this upcoming year? I think once ever, whenever he gets able to be able to be back up and throwing and moving around, mm-hmm. you know, I'll be I'll be ready to go. Well, I got to get my yeah. own hand right too. But, you know, whenever we both uh, kind of get ready to go, um, kind of do the same thing we've always done. You know, get the reps, get the timing, and um, just be ready to go in August. Uh, being from Georgia and playing at Auburn, at the level you played at well, growing up as a kid were you a bulldog fan what, what was your passion coming out of high school where did you think you were going to go to college what were your what were your options yeah so the, the irony is i always hated georgia really? i always hated georgia <laughs> for some reason i just always hated them i was an lsu guy right and then um <clears throat> the recruiting process obviously I, I had the opportunity to go wherever so 
Um, LSU actually kind of hurt my feelings a little bit because I was, you know, it wouldn't have took much for me to get to commit wow. to LSU. Yeah. But um, I had like a visit plan there. Mm-hmm. And make a long story short, they kind of ended up taking another kid for that visit that weekend instead of me. And then they tried to push me to another weekend. And then I re- when I realized it, I was like, oh, man. And it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. And so I was kind of off of LSU at that point. And um, my family has some Auburn fans in it. My yeah. mom is from Alabama originally. So um, that was kind of uh, kind of always kept Auburn in the mix. But the irony of me hating Georgia was I was committed to Georgia for about three months. And, and then uh, and I ended up decommitting on Auburn. Look at that. Darius Slate. I wanted to ask you about the game against the Raiders. You lost that game at Allegiant Stadium. What did you yep. think of the locker room, the building, when you took the bus in and yeah. you're sitting here looking at the Vegas skyline? What was that like? That is incredible. That, that's an amazing facility. Yeah. I love that it's an indoor grass facility. Right. Um, something that I feel like a lot of people act like can't be done. But <laughs> well, growing Clearly. up, growing up in Long Island, New York, and going to the Meadowlands for a lot of my years there, yeah. I know you don't play on a great field. I know you know I'm not going to get you in trouble with the team, but I think that's where we're going in the sport right now is to get everybody to play on grass and yeah. try to do it to protect the players going forward. Yeah, I, to be honest, I, I'm you a like fan the fast of, track. Yeah, I'm you a like fan the of turf. Okay, no, no, I'm a fan of grass. Okay, but I was going to say I, I'm also a fan of putting a, at least a retractable roof on the stadiums as you, well. You I know. nailed it. I, I said that Darius Slayton's our guest. I told that to Buffalo fans, and they almost, almost hunted me down. I'm like, look. You're getting a new stadium. They're canceling games and postponing them in the playoffs. Wouldn't it be nice to have a dome there? And Buffalo fans are like, no, we're Bills Mafia. We want that. But I think at MetLife, because when they built it initially, they they should have thought that one through. Yeah, I mean, I think it. I think it ultimately benefits both fans and players. What are you out here promoting? What can we help you with? Um. You just came specific. to talk. Yeah, uh, not specific. Yeah, just kind of uh, came to chat. You know, yeah. that Q, he's not, he's not promoting everything. For, I love that. Don't believe yeah. someone's doing this. So your hand's going to get done in the offseason. You just had the surgery. Yep. Rehab starting now. Mm-hmm. You'll be back and running, and you'll get Daniel Jones back, Saquon. Pretty good offense, I think, when everybody's back healthy and a, you know, on a defensive franchise that loves to play defense. Yeah, I mean, I think that's obviously makes our job easier. Yeah. You know, it's knowing that our guys are going to go out there and get stops and get turnovers and things of that nature. And it's kind of like you said, we, we just got to we gotta keep all of our guys on the field, you yeah. know, and do that a little bit better. And I think that that'll, that will help with the consistency of our offensive play. Thank you, Darius. Appreciate you finding yeah, no me, man. It was yeah, a little bit confused in yeah. getting there. So thanks for doing this. Appreciate yeah, you. No problem. You got it. There he is, uh, Darius Slayton. Really good player really good player who's got a great career in front of him pleasure pleasure nice meeting you thank you for coming on from the giants here banged up uh but he's going through he's got his thumb in a cast here uh, kind of like max crosby i gotta get out we'll have Stephen a smith coming up here in a little bit fred bolitnikoff will join us live lee steinberg spencer rattler and bill romanowski who's always a favorite of mine he's going to join us at the top of the hour as we continue on here jump into the show want to hear from people today want to hear what you have to say about the super bowl haven't been able to talk to our great listeners too much this week that's part of radio row but we're happy about that and hopefully i'll see you coming up uh tomorrow as we get out to caesar's palace it's right there center strip the weather's great now the rain hopefully is behind us and we'll have a lot to talk about and my bucket of Modellos tomorrow at Caesars at Cafe Americano.
Kyle, how's the uh, the practice fields? Were the conditions okay that you could have a normal practice without any adjusting? Yeah, we had a normal practice. And you we didn't practice there the rest of the week? Oh, yeah. We're not going to change our whole schedule up. We'd have to go too early in the morning, mess everything up. So this is the best choice we got. Are you satisfied with that choice? We're here. We're practicing on it. I mean, everyone has their preferences. I wish things were better, but we'll deal with the field how it is. All right, that is Kyle Shanahan, and he is not happy. Not happy about the UNLV field for obvious reasons. It wasn't up to his standards overall. JT, back with you live from Radio Row. As we continue, we want to thank one of our proud partners. Had a lot to do with us being down here. Remy Quantro is once again teaming up for excellence with Legacy Club at the top of Circa Downtown Casino and Resort. All attendees receive a complimentary ounce of Louis Thirteenth and a valid, with a valid Super Bowl ticket. Let me say this again. If you come down to Circa, downtown, their beautiful resort, all attendees who have a valid Super Bowl ticket gets a shot of Remy Louis Thirteenth. That's a big game. That's a huge offer. The big game means big offers from Remy Quantro. Wow. That's a liner I want to read again. So you come down there with your tickets, and you're all set up there, and you get a shot of Louie. That sounds like an unbelievable opportunity. It's an unbelievable opportunity to talk to a great friend of mine who's kind enough to join us, the biggest man in all of media right now, no debate, Stephen A. Smith. Welcome to my town in Vegas. How are you, my friend? What's up, my brother? How are you doing? How's everything? I couldn't be better. I just saying, living out here, the weather's got to clear out. People want to walk up and down the strip, but we have the potential mm-hmm. for a great Super Bowl, two great teams. How do you see it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. I think that uh, Kansas City's offense has been suspect that time, even with the greatness of Patrick Mahomes, because receivers are leading the league in drop passes, even though that didn't take place in the postseason thus far. And in the case of the San Francisco 49ers, even though they don't break, they haven't broken too often, they've certainly bent a bit too much for a lot of our liking over the waning weeks of the regular season and to some degree in the playoffs. And so when you look at it from that perspective and you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, you've got a situation where with him and Kelsey um, and Pacheco running the football, which also um, San Francisco has been subjected to. We saw how the Detroit Lions ran over all over them in the first half. I do think that there are some holes in their defense that can be exploited by Kansas City, but Kansas City can be exposed if you put it in the hands of their receivers because you don't know how reliable they're going to be on such a big stage. So I think we take it as an act consideration, and it makes the stage, it sets the stage for a thriller. I was disgusted that Baltimore and their great coach, John Harbaugh, couldn't find a way to slow down Kelsey. 11 targets, 11 receptions. That's bleeping embarrassing. You're the Ravens. You're physical. You're tough. You make your name with Suggs and Ray Lewis back in the day, Rod Woodson, all those tough players. And they let Kelsey just mm-hmm. go over the middle of the field well, like he was nothing. I don't see the Niners making that mistake, Stephen A. Well, you, you could say that, JT, but I, you know, respectfully, you and I go back and forth all the time. You know, I love you, but we don't always agree. And mm-hmm. I think your focus is in the wrong, I think your focus is in the wrong place on that AFC championship game. The fact of the matter is, Kansas City marched down the field in the first quarter doing whatever they wanted to do for those first 14 points. Over the last three quarters, they were held to three. If you're Lamar Jackson, the supposed eminent MVP, 
and you have the weapons that he has at his disposal. Andrews came back. Zay Flowers is there. OBJ is there. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is there, along with others. And you've been running roughshod over the competition, whether it be Detroit, Seattle, San Francisco. The list goes on and on throughout the season. You're going to wait until the AFC Championship game to wet the bed? That's the story. Now, you'd have a point if the Kansas City Chiefs scored 30, 35 points, and they beat Baltimore 35 to 31. My man, Baltimore scored 10. I want to hear a damn thing about Baltimore's defense. Their offense didn't show up and get the job done. That's why Kansas City is in the Super Bowl, and Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh are home watching. Fair point. Stephen A. joins us. But again, you can't debate 11 for 11 with Kelsey. You got to show up with some angry energy to open up the game and not let the game get away. Well, let me ask you this. And then they couldn't, well, chase, them down. They couldn't chase them down. Well, let me just ask. All right, JT. Well, let me ask you this. You live in Vegas. You know how to bet. You know what the odds. You tell me one person that you could say, even with Travis Kelsey being targeted 11 times and catching 11 passes, you tell me one person that you know of in the world of sports coming into the AFC Championship game with that Baltimore team, if you told them, we're going to hold Kansas City to three points the last three quarters of the AFC yeah. Championship game, they wasn't going to take that. I would agree with that. that I would, they've done enough at the back end of that game to win it, and Lamar wet the bed the way you said it. When, how have you evolved on Purdy? Where were you at the beginning, middle, and now right before the Super Bowl on his growth? I think that he is a damn good quarterback. Um, he's better than I thought he would be. Um, but I didn't have low expectations for him this season because I saw what he did last year. My concern, uh, you know, looking at him, it was him seeming a bit undersized, standing behind his own offensive line and defensive, and defensive linemen coming at him. He sort, of be, he sort of seems to be one of those dudes who needs a clean pocket in order to throw the football and throw the football efficiently and effectively. But then I saw him in the playoffs, particularly against Detroit. I saw him against Green Bay before that. When he needed to be big, he was big. And to me, that's what greatness is made of. Somebody who senses the moment, knows it has arrived, and doesn't wilt beneath the pressure. He embraced it and seized it. And I give him a lot of credit. But the job isn't finished. Now you're going up against the man. We don't have any questions about what Patrick Mahomes can do. We know what this brother brings to the table. And so chances are you're going to have to answer the call. And it'll be real interesting to see if he does it. Wrapping it up with Stephen A. I want to start off when I first knew you when you were driving in the middle of the night to end a Boston Celtic game and have to be on the radio early in the morning in New York City. Now you're writing books. You're sitting down with Howard Stern. You're kind enough to remember your friends like me. The biggest changes for you over the last six months to a year with the ever-changing world of where you're at on all your different platforms now. How are you able to focus every day? I know you had the fitness, the fitness going in a great direction. You look great. But what's changed for you every day, spiritually, mentally, family and friends that keep you grounded while you got to go grind every day? Well, the first order of business is that I lived every day through the inspiration of my late mom who passed away in 2017, as you well know, mm -hmm. uh, striving to make her proud. Not always succeeded, to be quite honest with you, because I could hear her voice in my ear on occasions, you know, scolding me for some decisions I may have made here or there. But for the most part, my family always tells me she would be extremely proud of me. So that's an inspiration. 
Another inspiration is I've got two beautiful daughters, a 15 and a 14-year-old, and nothing in the world comes before them. I live, eat, and breathe to make sure that they're taken care of and I'm in a position to provide the best life that I possibly can for them. Number three and most, um, and, and on the third on that list is my own independence and my own self-worth. Um, after I had COVID and I had double pneumonia and, you know, I was, I was really in dire straits, I was what I consider to be as nasty as they come, skinny fat, like bones, skin and bones with a pot belly. That's what I was, weighing about 208 pounds. I'm now down to 170. My body fat went from 29.6% to 10.5% and counting. I lift five days a week. I cardio six days a week. I've adjusted my diet. I eat better. I take my vitamins and supplements every day. Um, and I'm in the best shape that I've been in in 30 years. And so that goes a long way, providing me with the energy necessary to do all the things that I want to do at an elite level. And I think the thing about my life right now that I'm incredibly excited about, whatever I've done personally or professionally in my life, I don't believe anybody has seen me at better than 50% capacity because I've never been in good health. I ate a bunch of junk food. I didn't take care of myself. I wasn't on my grind physically and, and, and spiritually and all of that because I was too busy trying to make the most of a career and make sure that I positioned myself to be able to be successful and provide for my family. That's going by the wayside. I've been blessed and fortunate enough to achieve a lot of things. I own my own production company. I've got a docu-series coming out on the history of sports commentators within the next month or so. You should look for that. I've got a, a drama series that I've created that I'm not at liberty to speak on, but it's going to be, it's been picked up and it hasn't been picked up by Disney or ESPN. It's somebody else. Think scandal and stuff like that. That's the kind of drama series that I've created that has already been greenlit. Um, not only that, I've got my own podcast, the Stephen A. Smith Show, on my own YouTube channel, the Stephen A. Smith YouTube channel, where I'm producing content at least three days a week over the last 10 and a half months on YouTube, and I already have exceeded 541,000 subscribers, and it keeps climbing by about 2,000 per day. So I'm on my grind doing that. And, of course, you've seen the reports and you know what's going on in terms of the linear television industry segueing its way into direct-to-consumer and digital content. So First Take has been number one for 12 years and counting. It's still number one today. I expect it to continue to be number one, but also that's linear television. And as I continue to build and create content and go out there and try to go about the business of finding young talent, to produce because I like to do stuff behind the cameras these days as well because I am the executive producer of First Take. I want to do all of those things to create a legacy for myself that says I've made sure to help others, not just myself along the way. That's what I pride myself on being about. That's what I want to be about. That's what I want my legacy to be, and that's what I intend to pull off. You both have legacies and progress. You inspired a lot of people. With the answer to that question, again, have a great time in Vegas. I'm sure I'll see you out this week. Thanks so much for thinking of me and coming on, my friend. I always appreciate you. Always, my brother. Love you. You take it easy, my man. Love you, too. Stephen A. Smith. How about that? Not going to hear many of those here on Radio Row. Great to talk to him. Again, I always tell this story because we always have a new audience and people that maybe haven't listened to the show. I knew him when no one knew him other than a couple of people back east. He got hired at the former network that I worked at, Fox Sports Radio, 
uh, they didn't believe in him. They didn't believe in him, and they didn't renew him. They let him go for some clown-ass show I've never heard of, Zach and Jack or whatever. They got rid of Stephen A. Smith for a show you never heard of because they didn't believe in him. Now he's the number one person in all the media. Shannon's right up there with him. Shannon's got even more reach when it comes to all of his impressions on Instagram. Everything that Shannon's doing is off the chart, and they were with us last night, so it's good to see him. And Stephen A. Smith special because no one believed in him a short period of time. And as he just told you, and I read his book, look at his life now and how it's changed. And if, if you think he's Stephen A. from first take, always screaming and acting crazy, that's not him. That's part of what he does to entertain people. But a really good guy. Happy we were able to get that into the show. We are brought to you by Resorts World, T-Pain and 2 Chains at Zook Nightclub, February 9th and 10th. Coming up here this weekend, Resorts World heats up. This February with electrifying performances by T-Pain on the 9th and 2 Chains on the 10th at Zook Nightclub at Resorts World. Dance the night away with hits from all of these superstars. Book your tickets now and be part of an unforgettable night at Zook. Two great nights at Zook. Hardcore Raider. Thanks for waiting through the interview. You're up first. Go ahead. What's happening? Hey, JT. I'm going to make some... Uh... Some uh, Bay Area Raider fans bad, but uh, I can't stand just to have the Chiefs in our uh, locker room celebrating. So all you got to say is go Niners because I don't want the Chiefs celebrating our mm. locker room. And then uh, I'm excited that you're going to have Bill Romanowski on. Yeah. I was curious if you might be able to ask a question. Sure. He used to do uh, the, the TV show back in the day mm. uh, in the Bay. Yeah. He would talk about this like soup or something that he would eat before games and had all this protein and stuff in it. And uh, it was always kind of funny to me, man, how fired up he'd get talking about like eating a good meal before a game, but I'd be curious if uh, maybe you could ask him something along those lines. Yeah, and, uh, Nutrition that, Nutrition yeah. 56 is his big company, so you should look at that. I got a lot of his products at home. My son's on it now. Uh, Romo's great with all that, so we'll, we'll talk about that when he comes up here. But, yeah, I'll ask him a question or two about that, and we uh, – Thank you for calling, my friend. I appreciate it. You've been calling all throughout Raider Yo Row and uh, been patient as we have these interviews. Uh, Romanowski at the top of the hour. Fred Belitnikoff will join us live. we got a gold jacket. Interviewed a couple of gold jackets today. Spencer Rattler. And who else do we have? Lee Steinberg. Wow. Uh, Lee Steinberg, longtime friend. And uh, Tom Pelissero. So there's a lot that we have to get to here today. i got to thread the needle. When we come back, we'll jump right back into the show. We'll see who we have for you. And we'll get you all fired up for what's going to be a Super Bowl that we never wanted. A Super Bowl that we never wanted. All right. Modelo, the official beer of Allegiant Stadium. An official cerveza of the Raiders. Modelo, brewed for full-time fans when we come back live from Radio Row here at Mandalay Bay. It's someone who's taught me a ton. He, he got me kind of out of high school where I was a baseball player trying to play football and basically trying to be on my own. You go, you're leaving the household and kind of being on your own, and he helped me become uh, who I am today. Was that your junior year? Were they sort of the first on board? They were, they were really the first and only because I, I didn't get recruited by, by much. I mean, I got a couple other offers uh, from uh, some smaller schools. They were the one school, and I, I credit, read it to Kingsbury. He was the one that came down, saw me, talked to me. Things you can quantify, things you can point to to say, here's how he helped me? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is you see it with a lot of young quarterbacks is whenever they get to a coach, they kind of try to 
restrict them and kind of make them be this model of how, how the quarterback position is supposed to be played. And I think he was early in the game of just saying, hey, let's let's maximize your strengths. He would teach me here and there how to kind of be more mechanical and get in the pocket and the fundamentals of the game, but he didn't. He never restricted who I was. But it, it was something where I could have went somewhere and they could have tried to make me this pocket quarterback. He let me be who I was kind of on and off the field, and it helped me become the player that I am. There he is. That's a good one. That's a really good soundbite. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury and the influence he had on Patrick Mahomes. The Raiders didn't get a deal done with Cliff Kingsbury. They end up going with Luke Getze. And I did two hours today earlier on Raiders TV, Raiders YouTube, and we spent a lot of time talking about Luke Getze. And I'm telling everyone in Raider Nation, I didn't expect him to be the hire. I thought it was going to be Cliff Kingsbury. We move on to Luke Getze. People have various different opinions about him. They think he's heavy run oriented, which is fine. we got a couple good running backs on this team. Depending on what happens with Josh Jacobs and his contract going forward, I wouldn't, I'm wouldn't. i pretty confident Josh is going to get a contract offer. I don't know how much money he's going to get. It's none of my business, but he's going to, he's going to demand a really nice contract for what he's done here as a Raider. And if Luke Getze wants to get off the ground running with a running back, he'd be the one to do it. But I also like Zamir White, and he's very cost-effective. And we saw Zeus run the ball last year, and he ran it down the stretch very effectively. We're brought to you by Tequila Commissario. It's the most awarded tequila. You'll immediately notice its beautiful packaging, and after just one sip, you'll experience how smooth it is. It's the Ferrari of tequila, the single highest quality, 100% natural, all-natural, handcrafted tequilas. They are a proud partner of our show and one of our elite sponsors here on Radio Row at the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be at the Super Bowl if it wasn't for Tequila Commissario. They stepped up big, as always, for us. It's the best tequila in town. You'll see it everywhere. Please ask for Tequila Commissario the next time you want a glass, you want a bottle, you want it on the rocks. I guarantee you're going to love it. So I mentioned Luke Getze. The other issue that I want to talk to some Raider fans about is what's going to happen coming up here with Aiden O'Connell. Because many people are asking me on other shows, what do you think the Raiders are going to do at quarterback? And I say the same thing to everyone. I think the Raiders have got to get someone to challenge Aiden O'Connell, who's younger than him and is elite. So I don't know if they're going to be able to get an elite quarterback, but they have to go try. We discussed this in detail today, that the only quarterback I think they can move up and get is Aiden O'Connell. Uh, excuse me, is uh, Jaden Daniels the Heisman Trophy winner out of LSU. I think Drake May is going to be too expensive. He's going to go one or two. Caleb Williams is going to go number one. Caleb Williams is going to demand three picks in the first round. I think Jaden Daniels will require two. So if the Raiders move up from 13, I think they got to move into the top six to get him. If they do that, they can get Jaden Daniels and pair him with Antonio Pierce. Remember, Jaden Daniels was in the locker room at the cigar party with Tom Flores and Jim Otto after the game. I've never seen anything like that. Heisman Trophy winner in college in a professional locker room, invited into there, has the right to be there. He's going pro and sitting around a locker room after an NFL win with the gold jackets in the room. I got to believe something's going on to see that go down. I like him. I like him because he can make plays outside the pocket, and I think he has a better arm in college than Lamar Jackson. They both won the Heisman Trophy. Lamar is a better runner, but I think Jaden Daniels can run at a very high level, but he's a much better pocket passer at this point in time so that's not a knock on Aiden at all it's just an opportunity possibly to go up and get a quarterback and then the other quarterbacks we looked at veteran quarterbacks other than Kirk Cousins hard to get one I can't believe we're talking about not even mentioning Jimmy Garoppolo was on a Denver radio show earlier today with my buddy Nate 
and they think that Garoppolo will end up with Sean Payton in Denver. That Sean Payton likes him. He's a good backup. He could come in and start and play at a high level. But the Raiders gave Jimmy G a really good shot here, and he couldn't stay healthy. So the backup quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, moves to backup if the Raiders can get a top three quarterback. If not, Aiden's the starter. And you can come to grips with that because I can because he's a good player. If Aiden O'Connell starts this upcoming season, I will not be upset. I won't be shocked, but I'll be a little bit disappointed because I think they have the ability to go up and get someone big. And we'll see if they're able to pull that off. Coming up a big hour here on the other side, Bill Romanowski is going to join us in a few minutes. We're going to talk to him. Haven't talked to Romo in a while. I think I haven't talked to Romo since last Super Bowl. We have him on a lot, and uh, hopefully we can get him on here and he'll have a lot to say. He's going to be over the phone as he's not down here. We'll have a lot of fun with him. And then uh, Lee Steinberg and Fred Bolitnikoff, they just went to pick up Freddie B. Uh, They don't want Fred to walk that far, nor should he. At 81 years old, I think Freddie should be picked up. So someone went to get Fred Bolitnikoff, and they'll bring him up here. You know who I like in the game? I like neither team, but I can't root for Kansas City at any level. So I'm going to go with the Niners. As I said, 27-24. I have the game going over the total. I have the Niners covering the spread. I have the 49ers winning Super Bowl 58 at Allegiant Stadium because I can't imagine Kansas City walking out there with the Lombardi Trophy with that type of confetti getting on our field in front of all that silver and black. That would be a low moment for me as a fan and a season ticket holder. So I'm all in. I don't like San Francisco. I'm not a 49er guy, but I'd love to see the Niners win a tight game, and hopefully it's going to be a classic as we continue on. There's a lot of NBA news to get to. I'll get into more of that next week. A big trade with the Knicks. They went out and brought in a couple of players. I'll touch on that a little bit later on. And even baseball is starting to pop up on my radar. But we're going to focus on what we do best, Radio Row, the interviews, and some of the big guests that we have coming up. 702-365-9200. Go to Twitter, at JTTheBrick, and you'll see me and Joe Montana sitting down, just kicking back. And it was great to have him in today, man. Joe Montana and Fred Bolitnikoff, two Hall of Famers and two of the all-time greats that are going to join us coming up here in a little bit there so that's what i got our number one is in the can want to thank all of our proud partners as we continue on including m resort the spawn casino i'll be there tonight for the ditka jaws cigar party if it's not sold out you need to be there ditka jaws cigar party tonight at m one of the best parties throughout the super bowl it'll be a lot of fun tonight smoking some cigars outside looking up at the stars at m resort